hello, this is Lou Rosenfeld, and you are listening to the Rosenfeld Review. My guest today is Jessica Ivins, the, uh, who's a UX designer. I've known her for uh, quite a long time through uh, the IA community and, and some other contexts, and she's doing some really interesting stuff these days as a faculty member at the Center Center, that, uh, that funny name, funny spelled uh, institution in Chattanooga, Tennessee in the US that is one of the cutting edge UX design schools. In fact, um, if I understand it, you guys just graduated your first cohort, is that right? Yes, that's correct. That's great, Jess. Great. So first of all, so happy to have you on the show. Uh, why don't you give a little bit of background uh, about the Center Center, which is, I, I always like to make fun of the name because it's not only Center Center, but it's C-E-N-T-E-R, C-E-N-T-R-E, which sounds like you're trying to appeal to people on both sides of the big pond. Is that right? Yeah, it's the American English followed by the Queen's English. Yep. Right. So what's the story with Center Center? I know uh, Jared Spools had a thing or two to do with it and some other folks as well. Yeah, so Jared Spool, he is uh, one of my bosses. We have two co-founders, so Jared and Leslie Jensen Inman. And we've been around for a, no for a few years now. So the goal of Center Center is to prepare industry-ready designers who graduate and are ready to get to work on day one. So in order to do that throughout all our research, we learned that what we needed was a two-year full-time program. So when you're a student at Center Center, you are here for two years. You attend Monday through Friday, nine to five, and about two-thirds of your time here is spent on real-world projects. So actual projects that we have uh, large companies giving us, and you work with a team on those projects, and this project lasts from about three to five, for about three to five months. And you have several of those under your belt by the time you graduate. So you have portfolio content, you have stories to tell a hiring manager, you have work experience. And that's how when you graduate, you are industry ready and ready to start working at day one once you get your job. So it's different. It's immersive. It's full time. Mm -hmm. How long does it take typically to, to uh, wrap up um, the, your time there? Is it a year long? Is it a two year long? You might have just said that. And, it's a two year program. Two yeah. years, okay. So that's a pretty intense program. That's not mm -hmm. like your 14 week program that uh, uh, a lot of people are, are looking at right now. And it's also, you know, a little different than uh, maybe a standard master's degree program at a, a institute of, institution of higher learning. So um, how, how do you compare your format, length, and approach to those uh, kind of other opposite ends of the, the spectrum that most people are encountering today? Yeah. So we, again, our goal is to prepare students who are industry ready. And when I say we, now I'm speaking on behalf of my co-founders because they did a lot of the early prep work before I was hired. Um, they, they, went, they had these, this idea for a school. And they knew that they wanted a school that prepared students to be industry ready by the time they graduated. So they went around and conducted research with UX hiring managers, UX hiring managers all over the US and even outside of the US. And they talked to hiring managers about what they expected and what they needed from graduates. And the hiring managers were telling them things like, 
we don't care what degree somebody has. We don't care where they went to school necessarily. We care, can they do the work? Can they come in and get to work and start contributing to the UX team from day one with very minimal onboarding and very minimal training? Like, do they have experience? Do they know what they're doing? So that's what, that's what we learned was what hiring managers really wanted. Again, they weren't concerned with where you went to school necessarily, what degree you had, can you do the work? And that's how we designed our program. We use that as a benchmark and we learned through that research that the conventional education options out there weren't, in our eyes, weren't going to meet our goal of preparing designers to be industry ready. And that's when we decided to design the program from scratch. And that's when we came up with the model of two years, Monday through Friday, nine to five, because we want the experience here to be as much like a job as possible. So when you're a student at Center Center, it feels much more like a full-time job than it feels like attending school full-time, partly because of the hours and partly because two-thirds of your time, as I mentioned before, is spent on real-world projects. So, okay, so one major differentiator, and I'm really happy to, to hear this, is that you guys actually did user research. Yes. With hiring managers in this case. Mm-hmm. Figure out what it is they wanted. Uh, and, I mean, it's no secret that... Um, there's a big gap in between uh, what most uh, people have when they are ready for the job market, what skills and, and perspectives they have, and what what's actually needed. But how do you fill that gap? Now, is it the focus on actually kind of doing the work as a job, or is it is are there other things like helping people understand uh, organizational psychology and, and maybe building up their soft skills. I mean, a lot of people come out of educational programs as really strong craftspeople, but mm-hmm. they're not really prepared to understand and, and, and thrive within a complicated, sometimes political organizational setting. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought up soft skills because we do have a huge focus on soft skills. We also focus on the technical skills. So students take 24 core courses in UX design, and most of those courses are focused on technical skills. Everything from front-end development to content strategy to uh, product management as as you go throughout and you get more uh, advanced courses. But we also focus on a lot of soft skills. And the reason we do that is because we heard from hiring managers that people were graduating from conventional programs and they didn't know how to sit through a meeting without looking like they were about to die, right? They weren't used to sitting in a meeting for an hour or they, they didn't know how to plan a meeting, how to run a meeting. They didn't know how, when to send an email versus when to approach somebody at their desk and have a conversation. Right. Depending on the situation, sometimes it makes and the, and the people you're working with, sometimes email makes sense or base can't make sense or whatever other tool. And sometimes it makes sense to pick up the phone or go to somebody's desk, even simple things like that. And also how to work through conflict with your coworkers. So conflict is normal. You know, we're all human. We all have conflicts with each other and conflict is going to happen at the workplace. So when you have those conflicts with your coworkers, how do you work through them in a professional and productive way? And how do you resolve things so that you can continue to work together and produce good design work? And we had students who had conflicts because again, they're human. This is what humans do. <laughs> they have conflicts with each other. And we worked with them on how to work through those conflicts with each other. And so, you know, we would, we would say to them, you know, we, we would listen and we would acknowledge any frustrations that they had after a conflict. And we'd also say, okay, so what ideas do you have for talking with this person and working this out because we're only halfway through the program and you need to work with this person for another year. 
Um, and when, when we do that, what it does is it, it builds those skills with those students. So by the time they graduate and then they go into the workplace, when they have workplace con conflict, they're more equipped to handle that conflict. All right. So, you know, the hiring managers and the team leaders and, and so on, I'm sure they're like getting in line to hire your people. But who are the people that you want to have in your program? Where do they come from? What do they have to bring that maybe is different uh, than they might be required to bring to uh, a more traditional uh, educational program? Yeah, that's a good question. So there are certain things that we look for in our applicants. And when you apply to be a student at Center Center, the application process is more similar to a job application process than a traditional school application process. So you're not writing essays per se, you're not submitting SAT scores or anything like that. We don't require any of that. Uh, we, we do conduct multiple interviews and we use behavioral interviewing and we ask a lot of questions about past experience. And we don't require any previous design experience from you to become a student, but what we do look for is evidence of professionalism. So are you already exhibiting professionalism at the jobs you've had or in the school programs you've been in? We also look for evidence of self-learning. So one of the things we found with effective designers is that they are good at teaching themselves new things because as you know, the design field constantly evolves. There are new tools, there are new approaches, there are new philosophies. And as a designer, it's up to you to keep up with that and you can't wait around, you can't sit around waiting for somebody to teach it to you. That's not how this field works. So we look for skills like self-learning and we ask for examples and it could be teaching yourself anything. It could be teaching yourself. We had one applicant who taught himself how to replace the brakes on his car. Right, so he, he walked us through that. We had another applicant who taught themselves uh, how to build their own PC, right? Just basically through Googling and watching tutorials and whatnot. Uh, and those are the types of habits that effective designers have so that they can teach themselves the new skills and the new tools when they come out. So these are the types of things that we look for with our, with our applicants. And what we find is if the applicants have past evidence of all of these skills and behaviors, then we can teach them to be effective designers. We can teach them to design skills and we can even work with them on the soft skills. What's much, much harder is teaching somebody the habit of self-learning if they're not already in that habit or teaching somebody how to be professional if they're not already professional. That's very difficult to do. Um, so those are the types of things that we look for in our applicants. And uh, so far, so good, it sounds like, that those, yeah. those basic skills, uh, I mean, it must make it just, just such an interesting place for you as an instructor mm -hmm. to, you know, have this, you know, kind of crew of students that comes from all kinds of diverse, interesting backgrounds and experiences, right? I mean, this is not like this sort of standard pipeline into uh, a traditional academic program. You probably get some... Uh, uh, of people that are, are coming from very unexpected places, I would assume. If so, can you tell us about any? Yeah, so some of our, um, some of our graduates before they started here, we had two graduates who did have some previous design experience. So they both had design degrees. One had a graphic design degree, one had an industrial design degree. And after they finished college and started working, that's when they realized that UX design was what they wanted to do. We had another graduate who was in technical writing before she came here. So she was writing manuals and whatnot for a very specific uh, software company. We had a, another graduate who 
um, had taken some college courses and realized that college really wasn't her bag. I mean, she's, she's very bright and very driven, but not everybody is a good fit for conventional college. But she became interested in design and then learned about UX design and found us and got really excited about us. So she, and she even learned mostly about UX design through the application process. Because when you, after you apply before your first interview, we send you a, a list of resources and we ask you to pick two. And they're everything from UX articles to reading a chapter from a book, that kind of thing. And, and she, she soaked all that up and got really, really excited, uh, even through the admissions process. So she basically went from having a very cursory understanding of UX design to learning much more about it during the admissions process and got really stoked. So they come from all different backgrounds. We had uh, our... Our first class of students was from all over the US. We had somebody from Portland, we had somebody from Idaho, Ohio, Florida, uh, Chicago, Illinois, I believe, just all over. And then we, we, did, have, we did have somebody here who was local, so yeah, they I come from that. all over. I love also that you're, you're you know, not just necessarily requiring a certain academic credential. And mm -hmm. um, it, it occurs to me that your co-founders, uh, uh, Leslie and Jared, well, Leslie has a PhD and, and Jared proudly did not graduate from college at all. So mm -hmm. uh, that's an interesting mix and it, mm -hmm. it, it supports and fits in very well with uh, your, your mission and your, your perspective on what kind of students will succeed and, uh, and should be in the program. We've been, some of us at least, uh, have been hearing about the Center Center for, for a few years now. And it's, a, it's, it's like... Um, it, you know, starting an academic program is like the, the, the slow food of education. It's not like uh, throwing to, uh, together a, a, an online course and, and, and in, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in uh, Udemy <laughs> or something like that. It, it's not to put that down, but what you guys are doing is a, is a long haul, build it the right way over a long mm -hmm. period of time process. And now you're starting to, to graduate students. Um, what do things look like a few years down the road? Is it simply scaling up, uh, doing graduating more students, or do, do you see uh, the direction changing in any other kind of substantial way? Right now, our focus is on fundraising so that we can get enough funds in our nonprofit student loan fund to have the next class of students. And we're hoping that our next class will be double the size. So our first class was six and our next class we're, we're aiming for 12. So that's our focus right now. We do have long-term goals. Ultimately, uh, years down the road, we would like to open up multiple locations. So, so center center locations around the country here in the US and possibly around the world. We've also talked about extending the program uh, I don't know if extending the program is the right word. It's more like applying what we do for the UX program to other programs. So maybe doing this for front end development, maybe doing mm -hmm. this for product management, that kind of thing, or maybe some other roles. So we have some big long-term goals. And right now our immediate goal is focusing on how can we fundraise and really uh, update our curriculum to keep up with the demands of the industry. So our curriculum is also really, is already really strong. And we are taking a deep dive and looking at it right now and looking at um, how we can enhance it and make it even stronger for the next class. So well, while we're in between, a, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you're in a, it's, a, it's a tough situation. I mean, in education, teaching is really hard and, mm -hmm. and funding teaching is even yeah. harder. Mm -hmm. so, uh, um, uh, so before I forget, 
uh, I guess I tend to do for uh, do forget a lot of things. I wanted to ask you. Um, I hear of three distinct contingency or constituencies that you probably want to be in touch with. One are potential students. Another are uh, potential um, companies that have projects for those students to work on. And the third are people who can give you money. Where do they go? Who do they contact? Give us an address or a, a URL. Oh, sure. Any of those folks that you just mentioned, if, if that's you, the listener, um, you are welcome to reach out to us at centercenter.com, as you mentioned earlier, C-E-N-T-E-R-C-E-N-T-R-E.com. Uh, there's a contact form on the website. You're welcome to give us a call. You're also welcome to reach out to me directly. I'm very easy to find online. I have a contact form on my website and my Twitter DMs are open. So any questions at all or um, any interest in the school or any any questions for me, please feel free to contact us. And you've been doing a lot of writing about it in Medium. I, I think your your handle there is uh, Jessica Ivins? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, easy to find more uh, on what Center Center's up to and, and what Jessica's been writing about it and, and her writing in general, which has been uh, always fun to keep up with for me. Why don't we wrap up with um, something I always like to ask, uh, which is, um, well, what's been interesting for you to read, listen to, who to meet, anyone you want to tag for people to know about? Sure, that's a great question. So lately, um, I've been really enjoying the Accessibility Weekly newsletter. And you can find that newsletter at a11yweekly.com. So A11Y, if your listeners aren't familiar, is a, an abbreviation for accessibility. Uh, it is a fantastic weekly newsletter that you get in your email inbox, and the gentleman who runs it, his name is David Kennedy. He, I don't know how he does it, but he basically scours the web every week for articles, books, videos, you name it, on web accessibility and compiles them all into a fantastic newsletter. I have found so many great resources on accessibility in this newsletter. It's just awesome. And every week I look forward to the newsletter. I take a look at the resources, I bookmark them, and I review them. And we've, <clears throat> excuse me, we found several really strong resources that have informed our curriculum. Because throughout our curriculum, we sprinkle accessibility uh, throughout throughout uh, as, m as many courses as we can. So by the time students graduate, they know how to apply accessibility to each stage of the design process. And there's just some really, really strong resources in this newsletter. So I highly recommend to your listeners to check this newsletter out. I think it'll really help you make your accessibility design skills stronger. So it's David Kennedy, and can you give us that URL one more time? Sure. It's a11yweekly.com. So Accessibility Weekly, but the abbreviation for accessibility, a11yweekly. Excellent. Jess, it's been great having you on the show today, and thanks for sharing that resource and uh, for, for giving us a sense of what's going on at Center Center. Uh, it, it, you know, it's been happening for a while, but you're really at the beginning and it's a, an exciting journey. Glad you're there, glad you shared it with us. Thanks, Lou. It was a real pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me.